Welcome to TWW, The Weekly Wheel, where each week the Dharma Wheel rolls and delivers you new content available anywhere at any time in your everyday life. We present a mindfulness service, which has three components. First, meditation. And then we meditate with sound through chanting. You can have your mind wander when you sit in silence, but it's very difficult to wander as you chant. You need to focus on the next character, on your breathing, on the next line. And if you pat yourself on the back too much or become too self-aware, you'll miss a line. And then lastly, we have something called active listening, where we lean into and really listen to the Dharma talk given by our senseis. You could think of silent meditation and sound meditation through chanting as preparatory to get our minds focused and open and clear so we can really listen clearly and really take in the Dharma. And in a sense, it perfumes the mind. The mind is slowly changed as it hears new points of view, new perspectives, and new approaches to dealing with life. It's set up much like an in-person service. It's led, moderated by multiple voices. So you get a variety of opinions, a variety of, of perspectives as you go on your journey. So I hope you will join us now for this mindfulness service presented to you by the people at The Weekly Wheel and the Orange County Buddhist Church. Thank you so much. We will now have seated meditation. Take a moment to see that your back is straight and centered with your shoulders relaxed. If you're in a chair, it's best to sit forward slightly rather than leaning on the chair back and keep your feet flat on the floor. Try keeping your eyes half open, resting the gaze gently downward, without focusing on anything in particular. In the same way, be open to whatever sounds are coming into your ears, whether from inside the room or outdoors. We are not trying to isolate ourselves from the world around us, but rather feel that we're part of that world. If you like, you may count your breaths from one to ten. Inhale deeply, let it all out. Try slowing down your rate of breathing relative to what it would be at other times. We are not trying to think about anything in particular or visualize anything. We simply watch our thoughts come and go.
Please put your hands together in gasho. Bow. Namo Amidabutsu. Namo Amidabutsu. Namo Amidabutsu. Namandabutsu. 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 You may stretch your legs and then please stand. We will now have our standing meditation session. Your upper body is in the same position as for sitting meditation. Straight head and spine, shoulders back, eyes half open, hands comfortably positioned in front. Legs should be shoulder width apart with knees slightly bent. Again, rock forward and backward and side to side to find your center. Standing meditation reminds us to take our meditation practice out into the world, waiting in line at the store, being stuck in traffic, going through TSA security at the airport. Over time, meditation becomes a practice for the body and mind that can be recalled when needed most in situations that may be merely annoying, perhaps frustrating, or even stressful. We will begin at the sound of the bell.
Please put your hands together in gasho and bow. Namo Amida Butz, Namo Amida Butz, Namo Amida Butz, Namo Amida Butz, Namo Amida Butz. Return to your seat or cushion. Sitting in this way, we might wonder what purpose we are achieving. Actually, there is no specific purpose. I think it's really to make us aware of what sitting is, what breathing is, standing is. What are these simple activities that we do most of the time without thinking about them at all? We'll begin our second sitting at the bell.
Please put your hands together in Gasho. Bow. Namo Amidabutsu. Namo Amidabutsu. Namo Amidabutsu. Namandabutsu. 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 We will begin uh, sutra chanting. Sutra chanting is actually a portion of a sutra that we will chant. Uh, most sutras are far too long to be able to chant in one sitting. So for us, uh, we're usually chanting a verse out of a longer narrative or prose. And that's why uh, each line consists of perhaps four or five or seven characters. When we chant, we read from left to right, just like in English, and we move down the first column, and then we move to the second column, and so on. Open circles uh, represent bells uh, for the chant leader to ring. So we always begin a sutra chant with two bells. Whenever we change a section, we use one bell to kind of signal that we're changing uh, from one section to another. And then when you end a sutra chant, you always end with three bells. Each syllable here is written in Romanized characters, English characters. And each syllable here represents a kanji, a Chinese character. And it's written phonetically. It's the sound of the character. The vowels have the same pronunciation independent of location or their neighbor. So this is different from English. And the vowel sounds, uh, I've been told, resemble those in Spanish. So we have A, E, I, O, and U. And they're pronounced A, E, E, O, and U. And then uh, you'll see uh, italicized lines. Uh, those are leader lines that I chant alone. And you will also see underlines under some of the characters. And that means that rather than each character getting a single beat, an underlying character will get a beat and a half. And to kind of make up that little extra time, the next character in line will only get a half beat. And what you do is you don't really concern yourself too much about the meaning of what's being chanted. This isn't flashcards. We're not trying to learn something. This is a ritual. And so we chant together as a feeling of oneness. Don't worry too much about how you're doing. Be aware and mindful of each character. Uh, this is a form of meditation. Uh, rather than silent meditation, we're meditating through sound. So, you know, you see the character, you say it, you forget about it, you move on, and you say the next character. And over time, it becomes effortless, and you'll begin to memorize it uh, without realizing it. Today's chanting will be the Sambutsuge. We often chant the Sambutsuge in Shin Buddhist services. These verses are from the larger Sutra of Immeasurable Life, which was composed in India during the first century of the Common Era and translated into Chinese around 400 of the Common Era. It is a cornerstone text for Pure Land Buddhism in China and Japan. Shinran Shonin esteemed the larger Sutra above all other teachings, and he devoted his life to its propagation. We will begin chanting it now. Oh, God. 
The 10,000 Chair Koan. In the Zen tradition, monks wrestle with what is called koans. They can be confusing stories or a pithy dialogue whose meaning is not clear. In the West, they are referred to as spiritual riddles, but they are much more than that. These brain teasers are used to help reinforce the lessons being learned in their studies. 
They often do not have much meaning to me, but that is because I'm not part of an organized presentation of Buddhism within the Zen tradition. The following is one of my favorite Zen stories, but I'm still not sure exactly what it means. Perhaps it is an example of sudden awakening. Still deeply dejected, I took up my begging bowl early the next morning and went into the village below. My mind was hard at work on my koans. It never left them. I stood before the gate of a house, my bowl in hand, lost in a kind of trance. A voice from within the house yelled, go on, go somewhere else. But I was so preoccupied, I didn't even notice it. This must have angered the resident of the house because this old woman suddenly appeared, flourishing a broom upside down in her hand. She flew at me, flailing out wildly, whacking away at my head. I was knocked down and ended heels up on the ground. I lost consciousness and lay there like a dead man. As I regained consciousness, I found that the unsolvable and impenetrable koans that I had been working on were completely penetrated, right to the root. They had suddenly ceased to exist. I clapped my hands and laughed great shouts of laughter, frightening the people who had gathered around me. Here is an example of a koan as a short dialogue. A monk asks Tung Shan, what is the Buddha? Tung Shan replies, three pounds of hemp. Perhaps this is illuminating the true nature of Buddhism as something every day, as a profound truth that can be found in the mundane. I've always wondered what a Shin koan might sound like. Maybe I can be just as confusing and pithy within my own tradition. For example, whenever a minister's assistant is nervous about giving their first Dharma talk, I always remind them that you only have to give your first Dharma talk once. And then I imagine a bell rung as they realize insight. I have a vivid imagination. I have one more example that I think is even better. Again, it is of the pithy variety. A member asks, when do I realize insight? And the minister replies, after 10,000 chairs. Did you hear the bell ring? In the Zen tradition, these koans are never really explained by the teacher, but in Shin, we always explain them. Prior to services, we always set up and organize all of the chairs. We carry in more needed chairs or put away the extra ones. Then we make sure they are all lined up horizontally in rows and vertically in columns. This is especially true in the room we call the Kodo. There is also a Kodo at the Jodo Shinshu Center. Kodo means a multi-purpose hall, thus the folding chair which can be rearranged for different functions. Many, many chairs have been arranged and rearranged in that room as well. Prior to the service, we even use custom-made wooden fixtures to make sure that every chair is perfectly aligned, forward and back, and evenly spaced. I asked why are we so focused on chairs in our tradition, and the answer was that the more you invest in the service prior, then the more value you will receive during. In other words, the more you put into it, then the more you get out of it. For my koan, there's also the math of it. Reaching the level of one who has moved 10,000 chairs means that you've sincerely attended perhaps 1,000 or 2,000 services, 
and listen to the Dharma for at least that many hours, each time hearing Namo Amidabutsu, each time the mind is perfumed by the teachings. This is how we realize insight in the Shin tradition and how the bell rings after 10,000 chairs. Thank you very much, Reverend John Turner. Inga Show. Namo Amidabuts. Namo Amidabuts. Namo Amidabuts. Namo Amidabuts. Namo Amidabuts. Today's program was presented and produced by the Buddhist Education Center of Orange County Buddhist Church. This podcast is copyrighted 2023 by the Orange County Buddhist Church, Anaheim, California. All rights reserved.